0: El mundo enfrenta una pandemia. Encuentre respuestas y acceda a información veraz y confirmada en el especial de NTN24 sobre coronavirus COVID-19. Escuche los contenidos de NTN24 en su plataforma de podcast favorita.
2: In honor of our season finale, oh my God. I wanted to ask you guys: Are there any shows that have been canceled that you want to bring back to TV? Wow,
3: okay.
4: oh. Jamie, you first.
3: I want to bring back the uh, taxi cab confessions.
4: Oh. But I want
3: Frank to be in it, and I want it to be in the yeah, u- I like
0: that. So Uber I want it to be confession. in an Uber <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uber
4: Cab confessions. <laughs> no
3: doubt. So Frank will just be like, yo, so like you had a long night tonight? What's up? <laughs>
4: <laughs> anything anything of,
3: uh, crazy happened to you?
4: Do people confess shit to you, Frank? Oh, hell yeah. All, all the time, the time yep. right? Yep. Mm.
3: Get a camera. Rachel.
4: I would say Pee Wee's Playhouse, one of my favorite what? shows ever. I know there's some shit that going on with Pee Wee. He is a weirdo. But I used he to love that 15 show. years.
3: Yeah, no, that shit was like 15 years ago. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I am sorry,
4: sorry. People I,
3: forgave him.
4: He did. I know. I used to love how the chair used to talk. I don't know. It was cute. Okay.
2: Frank?
5: Midnight Blue by Al Goldstein. It's a show from the seventies and eighties.
4: Damn, Frank Damn, was what? Were We Born? I don't even know what that. That
5: was pre bus
4: from Was then. this a black and white show?
2: Nah, or? he was uh
5: he had Frank got ma-
4: to bring back taxi. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
5: He had a screw he had a magazine called Screw Magazine, so he used to get on uh cable access and you know. Show like naked girls and stuff like that.
2: Throwback. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and it's a different kind of playhouse. Well, you <laughs> you took some of my because uh, I won the Robin
3: Bird show. Too. Oh. Robin Bird. A bir- oh, you were a bird watcher. Oh, I was a oh. bird
4: watcher. Absolutely. Oh, no, oh, oh, no, no. Did you guys <laughs> not
3: have cable? Like you're just watching public access shows. Like.
4: Isn't she dead?
3: No, she's still no, alive. The, oh, okay, the that show's was still rumor. on, by the way, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I need to update my package. I know package. what we're doing. I know what Mike's doing tonight. Right. Hey. The
4: Latinos Out Loud Podcast. Oh. <coughs> uh. Latinos Latino, Latino, Latino. yep. yeah. yep. Yo 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 <coughs> yo 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 this is it, you guys. What? Do you know what this is? What is it? Uh, Take a guess. I a love podcast. this game. Uh, yep, okay. it's a podcast. Guess which one? Uh,
2: the uh, Latinos has a podcast. podcast.
4: Yes, you uh... guys got it after 31 episodes. <laughs>
2: wow. wow. We forgot to cue the audience to a clap for us.
4: Okay, episode 31. This is our, this is our season finale. Wow, I can't and I'm just like, I don't even know what to do with myself shit, right now. That was quick.
3: Yeah. Season it was nice. finale. So, season finale means. <laughs>
4: Carlos! Come on, Carlos! Early. Starting
2: early means there's no <laughs> new episodes in August? No, we do. Uh, well, we, it's called the Summer Series. Yeah. Summer right. series. Yeah,
4: or We edition. pre-recorded we pre- stuff.
2: Yeah,
3: we, oh. I'm acting like I don't know this, but I want <laughs> to job to yeah.
2: Excellent
4: work, Jamie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the season finale of the Latinos Alaud Podcast, episode number thirty one. What's up? It's Rachel La Loca.
5: Pablo uh, Frank Nibs Jay Ferns Bless you. Thank you. Yes. Well, Hi guys. For real though. Yeah, Jake's
3: Jamie's not a little feeling well. Under yeah, the weather. I was a little worried,
5: man. I was like,
3: I, I was texting earlier. I was like, Yo, you, did you get a cold at the last minute?
5: I was like, Nah, man. I paid your cab. You can't not. miss no, yeah. You, I you,
4: gave you, him you... the freak out emoji face. I was like, What? <laughs>
3: and then Mike was like, Yo, what, you got an STD or something? I didn't. How good a friend Mike is. I did not, you know no, I did not say is.
2: that. I not, <laughs> Fatima, I did not say that. Oh shit! His so girls audience. That is not. You're starting. Friend, well, I'm a little confused because Rachel was like, Oh, I knew it because I got sick. Why
4: do you blow me up? And like that? I'm like,
2: So, wait, so you have bronchitis as well? No, it's something mutated. What was it that you said?
4: I mutated? said, on something you what wrong word, first of all. I love what you put words in my mouth. Um, Jamie, we were together on Saturday performing at the Black party uptown, which we should talk about, all right. And you were sweating like you stole something. I was like, "Why are he sweating so much?" I, was, yeah. I knew you were sick. You, I, I saw Jamie's sick face. I also
3: didn't know my lines, so that, that oh. also was the reason I was yeah, sweating. Yeah, I heard nah, in your nah,
4: voice but... you just weren't, but you were great. Right. But I just know Jamie very well for very many years.
3: I had like a smoker's, like, "Hey, so are we ready to do sketches or what?"
4: And it's like you know that moment where you can feel the like the the the, the germs coming off of one person wow. and coming. That's oh, damn,
2: you ever really? Heard that. That's That's that, that. I'm sorry, you
5: speaking you ideally- <laughs> That's deep. I No, How?
4: because you gave me a big hug and some of that sweat dripped on my right cheek. Are you serious? And I, I was like, oh my shit. God, I got his bodily secretions on my face. I'm going to get sick. I remember
3: being antisocial <laughs> that day. And I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. We I gave you a big witness,
4: hug. You gave me a big hug. I gave you a big hug. I never give hugs. So maybe I this? gave you the hug. I'm uh, sorry. No, no, yeah, okay. okay? Yeah. I was happy so to see you. Fault. Forgive me. Jesus Christ. But I felt the sweat on my face and I even wiped it off and I was like, I'm going to catch something. Uh Two weeks before I have to deliver this baby. Ooh, I, know yeah, I know it. I know it.
3: That caused an outbreak.
4: And here I am. A scratchy throat and a little bit of uh, wheezing in my chest. I'm well, not blaming
2: you. You're not blaming me. No. Because no. you gave him the hug, so you can't get mad at him. Right. <laughs> you were the aggressor. Um,
3: but I apologize just in case it was me. You
4: can't pinpoint who gave you the germs, but I just want right. to call out that it might have been that moment. And I
3: gave it Next to you. Next time I won't dry hump you hello, I'll let you leave it. I did. <laughs> How was this block party?
4: Yo, let's talk about it. Yeah. So we did this black party. Um, and the hashtag was Black Party for Just Rezoning. Rezoning. Yeah. So it was all about gentrification and rezoning, and we were trying to raise awareness in Washington Heights oh, for that reason. Okay. So we were hired to perform a couple of sketches, and it was a very Dominican black party. We ¿Qué, got to start on time. Aww.
5: They
4: were still setting up the stage. And it's not a bad thing because some of us were running late. You know what I'm saying?
5: Dominican time. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we got on stage. It was great. But they
3: finally, when they first came out, before they introduced us, they were like on some serious stuff. They were like,
4: yo, you're not going to take our homes from us. Alto Manhattan yeah, no se vende. Like, and now for some sketch comedy. <laughs> <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, the church group was... Match. The church group was the church deep. was there. The que los
5: santos está pasando aquí. They
4: came With right the out of church and oh, they were ready. Man. I don't know what they were ready for, but not us. Yeah.
5: <laughs> they were in front of CBS,
3: and you get. You can hear their mics. The people that do those things, their mics are so, like, they carry. Yeah. So, like, they get some really good, like, we need mics like that on stage. Why is that still a thing? Yeah, I don't know.
4: You know the preachers on the the
3: corner? Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can hear them from, like, three blocks, five blocks down. There's
2: one on 181st and I believe St. Nicholas. The same dude has been there for, like, ten years, and I always troll him when I walk by. (laughs) And no matter what, their production is so loyal. It could rain, snow, whatever. He always has a cameraman there, and he's preaching, and he's talking.
4: Like they just come with their little day. Costco block rocker. La luz de un cigarrillo es como la luz de la vida. i even like, what the fuck is he talking about? That would be the ill
3: like karaoke mic though. And <laughs> <laughs> be like, damn, I hear you very clearly.
4: I have a question too for all those Dominicans in the audience that live in the Heights. Why everybody put their air conditioner outside and use them as seats? I yeah, just don't whoa, understand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like what I started seeing, I, I saw uh, one I guy. They're
5: sturdy, they're sturdy. I think that's what it is.
4: Yo, dude, I saw one at the yeah. block party and yeah. I was like, why does this man have an air conditioner outside? I get it. it. Is he'll... it plugged in? Uh, I didn't really check, Mike, um, but I didn't think it was. Yeah. But then I saw a second air conditioner like down the block i'm like is this a trend are the dominicans here like just way advanced like do they know they something like that off, i don't they moved up yeah.
5: from the milk crates yeah. yes
4: and then i saw a freaking couch set up like three <laughs> air conditioners next to each other so i asked the patelito guy i was like what is it with all these air hey, conditioners buddy. and he's like well you know if somebody throws them out I, we use them as chairs
2: damn that's wow.
5: ingenious
4: what yeah. is happening here <laughs>
2: I it's- think there's gonna be the next wave in Brooklyn. They're gonna take that. They're gonna make it <laughs> Americanized and everything.
4: Okay, Dominicans, Whoa. leave it to us, right? Always inventing shit. So the Black Party was fun. Jamie, any thoughts as the writer of the sketches that we performed?
3: I thought it was cool. I mean, we f- we effed up the mic situation. Oh, well, let's like, talk about mic. that. Wow. That was juicy. We came in jumping on stage, you know, and oh. uh, we, and like they had like six mi- five mics in front, and they all just kind of collapsed. Oh, so that was not a good way gosh, to start. Shit. And then it took a while for like the mic people to like actually do anything about it. So we were just, like, yeah, was, like we you want us? Like...
4: You want us to perform and clean up right now? Like, what yeah. do you want us to do here? We help us out.
3: Just visual humor, <laughs> juggling some shit. And then finally they fixed it but then we had the mics in a weird angle so we had to do the lines Bang. like over and shit. <laughs> so um but other than that it was great.
4: <laughs> we did it for a good cause. It
3: was for the first sketch, the second sketch was better. Yes. Be- better mic place- placement. And uh, yeah, it was a good cause and it was it was fun.
4: Yeah.
2: Rachel, I want to ask you um how your experience was um as a moderator for the uh, Dominican Film Festival. Uh, Mm. It was. Very professional. This was very nice. Okay, I was stalking you.
1: I
4: want to talk about that first before I get into how (laughs) professional and amazing the panel was. So I'm on the panel moderating this thing for Somos at Viacom, which is their affinity group for Hispanic employees of MTV and, you know, Comedy Central and all the channels. And it was during the Dominican Film Festival. So they had a lot of women on this panel um, that were either producers, directors, writers, or actors in the film featured in the festival i'm getting text messages real time from bago who was not there complimenting me and critiquing my jokes
2: wait i didn't know you were checking your phone at the time well i I thought you were gonna be professional and wait till the phone afterwards
4: i felt something vibrating like crazy and as a mom i'm like what the fuck is going on here and you know you gotta always be on alert you know what i'm saying and it was you critiquing my jokes so how did you see my jokes real time
2: uh there was one of the actresses i think it was miss duran Right? She was one of the panelists. And Soli Durang from Soli Orange Durang. is the New Black. And brand. one of her friends was doing IG uh, live. And so I was peeping it. And then I, I saw some of the jokes. And, and you and had the need to like I, I troll. That was yeah, that was, a, that was a good joke. And
3: so it was all positive
2: uh, feedback? Yeah, feedback? It was, yeah, it was good. Because you were talking about that the, um, the awards in Dominican Republic for like media and arts should yes. be renamed something geeky.
4: Right. After the lady and I was Kiki like, wow, Melendez was, was really one of one. the Kiki Melendez was one of the panelists and she was talking about she'd like to create an award show. So I was like, forget Premio Cassandra. We should call it Premio Kiki. You had to be there. Don't laugh. Don't feel <laughs> obligated to laugh. Uh, it worked at the time. Thank you, Theo Louis. <laughs> Thank you, Carlos. I'll be here all week. Try the veal. Um,
3: Mike was like, yo, you should you should make a joke about the the Drake song with Kiki. <laughs> oh, God. That. You, you, yeah, that's the kind oh, of it, Mike. Okay, thanks. A well, shout out to
4: the panelists. Laura Gomez was there from Orange is the New Black, Catherine Castro, Soli Duran, Kiki Melendez, Leah did Chapman. Did you
2: inspired?
4: I really did wow. because I, you know, as a moderator, you're there to facilitate the conversation, right? Yeah. Make sure the right questions are asked, make sure information is uh, divulged. But I really learned a lot where I was like, hold on, I need to take some mental notes. Wow. They were talking about filming in the Dominican Republic and this 25% tax uh, tariff reduction that like productions are getting. Just by filming out there, and all these new studios that are popping up in DR, and also where these women were like drawing an inspiration from for their writing, for their character acting, it's really amazing when you put a group of like like these women together, the caliber, and uh, just how much information they're willing to disclose, mm,
6: secrets, dope. tips
4: to the industry. Mm. So I brought my two little nieces from Tampa. One of them is an aspiring film producer, so she was just like, mm, Aunt Rachel, this is awesome. I got good aunt points, good titi points, <laughs> so that was great. Um,
2: How would you rate your performance on a one to 10 scale? I have
4: to rate my own performance? Yes,
2: like joke-wise. Rachel.
4: Joke-wise? Okay, I think I nailed probably about... Because I didn't want to change the tone too much. It was all about like, go on, girl. You know, I don't want to make a (laughs) cheesy joke. But I probably delivered about five jokes. And I would say four out of five hit. Mm. So I would give myself, I don't know, a 10? <laughs> um,
5: yeah,
0: that's a where i would go
4: with it but yo shout out to somos a viacom very professionally ran event and to all these dominican women in film which yeah. i mean was that always a thing i don't think so right but we out here <laughs> right. deep
3: yeah that's why those festivals are, are interesting to kind of you know to to kind of explore I mean, there's so many movies in those festivals, but a lot of the, the best parts of it is the panels. Yes. And you're like, oh, okay, I didn't know this was going on. Mm. And then, you know, Mike's probably just like judging everybody by their jokes instead of the actual content. You know what I'm true. saying,
4: Jamie? It's like enough.
5: Yeah. True. Come <laughs> um, on. There's real shit going on. I,
2: I, need to, um, I need to speak about something. I'm in a current situation right now. I'm going to talk to the men except Frank. Um, I, uh, <laughs> my barber, I needed a haircut today because I'm doing a shoot and my barber did not come in and i was considering cheating on him Ay- so i kind of oh, wanted whoa. advice a violation Ugh, i need to get a haircut tomorrow do i cheat on him no my yes kill. well first
3: of all you, i have two barbers i you don't you cheat know on him all yeah. the time You're <laughs> Oh, not
2: my not Do they know about
4: each other they don't know about <laughs> each, You're each a other barber. He <laughs> has but a they're side not barbers
3: and they're like <laughs> they're like 5 <laughs> blocks away <laughs> from each other what so it's kind of like
5: Yo, they don't know about each other. It's I know like that. cutting where I eat. You know what I'm saying? Right. Aye, um,
4: You don't do that.
5: Yo, yeah, well,
2: that's. Wait, wrong. wait, wait, wait. I'm getting inside. Hold on. The producer's talking. You have three barbers.
3: <laughs> I have. Is... A, okay, I have an emergency third barber. What? <laughs> what? How <does> that work? <laughs> because How? sometimes you have two barbers that are on vacation at the same time, and it's like, yo, I need to get this. What? Phone. Like once every five years? <laughs> But I don't like work? my third barber. My third barber is very antisocial. He's like all serious. Like he knows, like I'm. He's my third barber, right? So he just acts like it and shit. And I'm like, he gives a good cut, but it's just like I feel like he resents me and shit. <laughs> of course, you have him as a side my piece. Other, one of my barbers, like is, one, like, wow, it's plural. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> no, I mean he does. Uh, he likes a lot of my Instagram photos. And then, oh. so sometimes I feel weird because he'll he'll probably see a cut that he didn't do. Oh. And I'm like, does he know? <laughs> or maybe he thinks it was like an old video. <laughs> so there's a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of incestuous so, barber stuff yeah. going on. I didn't All
4: realize right. it was so serious in the Frank, barber what's, shop world. What's your world. opinion?
2: I know it's been a minute. I haven't seen <laughs> a,
5: a minute. I haven't seen a barber in like 20 years, guys. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know anything about <laughs> so barber. No. Just right. the bikini nah. wax. Just the bikini <laughs> wax. <laughs>
4: You do your own hair. You bick your head. Like, yeah.
5: Wow. Well, I get a ch- oh, I get a chick. Oh, I get a check to you know bick me. Aye. Aye. Oh. Okay.
2: Yeah. And I'm not. No, I think it's time for some pochinché bites. <laughs> all
4: right.
5: <laughs> I've been
2: waiting all day. I. I've been, been, <inaudible> been, been waiting all night. I've been waiting all day. hey Bites. I've been waiting all day. I've been waiting all night. Bitchin'. Bites. I've been waiting all Bites.
3: Uh, hey guys Hi. Hey Jamie hey, uh, How's everybody doing? Great, great. Dandy Okay Amazing. so let's get into some bites yes. um, Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra are engaged right. They're only two months great. She's Man, from the fast. show Quantico Quantico. Mm. So they make a very nice Quantic couple No? Ooh. Okay Baby. Baby. That was on purpose because I needed that. <laughs> No, but that the juicy part of this relationship was that like a Jurassic, Jurassic Park or some shit. Um, the juicy part of this relationship is that P- Prinaka, Prinanka, is 11 years older than Nick. Alright, oh. 11 years younger. Wow, older, older, older. older. 11 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Which gives hope to older women everywhere that cool. if you have confidence in yourself. And also happen to be a successful actress, singer, film producer, philanthropist, and former winner of the Miss World 2000 pageant. <laughs> wow. Then hey. you too can maybe one day get engaged to a young pop star.
2: <laughs> mm.
3: Believe in yourself. Um, <laughs> okay, next story. Have you guys heard of the Hot Water Challenge? Yes. No. What the hell's that? Okay, What's so that? a kid from Indianapolis is always yeah. from these like small, you know, uh, you know, states, uh, said he was left with second degree burns when a what? friend pulled a prank on him last week as part of the hot water challenge. So while the team was sleeping, his friend uh, reportedly dumped boiling water on him. What what? are these idiots
4: doing? Causing
3: serious burns on his back, chest, and face. Damn, that was hot. This is a thing that's happening now. It's a new challenge. People dumping hot water on themselves. So now his family's speaking out about the dangers of the hot water challenge. I don't think that's necessary, because I think most people already knew the dangers. It's in the title. Yeah, It's called the Hot Water Challenge, all right? I mean, is this unclear? I don't know. Is this unclear for some people? Like, do you have to start calling it the My Face is Burning Challenge? Hey. Or just, uh, I don't know, My Skin's Falling Off Challenge? Yeah. Or just straight to the Permanent Disfigurement Challenge, which is what I think this kid has? Um, and I'm assuming the guy is no longer friends with this, hot, this guy. Um, cause that would be an awkward apology call. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, hey, man. Yo, how's it going, yo? I just want to say my bad, you know, for the whole burning your skin off thing. Um, <laughs> I would go visit you, but I heard you still look kind of gross.
4: Damn, yo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Moving on. Um, How about
4: enough with these challenges? The Tide Pod Challenge? like These what? kids no. love
3: challenges. Wow. Stupid. Have you, did you ever do any challenges back no, in No, I didn't day? even do the
2: one that was really popular. I I don't like challenges. The ice bucket no. challenge. I mean, I like well, the ice bucket like challenge was for
3: like charity. Yes. Yeah. But then people just started doing it just to to get views, right? Yeah. Okay, because jeopardy was a big part of my childhood. A lot of other people. I always thought Alex Trebek was secretly like Latino, right? Me too. <laughs> like, he looks <laughs> like, right. he has, like he has like a got little. Curly hair. Yeah, like he may be a little bit of you know some I don't know Venezuelan or something. Yeah, like I'm yeah, a yeah. quarter. He could pass. Yeah. Um, yeah. but then he when he, he's actually. You, have you heard him speak Spanish? He kind of sounds like Bloomberg, so... Then you're like, nah, he's up. Um, he's Canadian, so... Um, well, what is
4: Jeopardy! going to be without Alex Trebek? I don't know. That's true. Mm.
3: I mean... There's a lot, I mean, like Wheel of Fortune, like Pat Sajak is, and Vanna White are still. I could doing do without them. I
4: hate them. But you know who I would love to host, Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeez, wait,
3: how? When did it start?
4: I'm Pat Sajak annoys the fuck out of me. He's I, just I like, can't. He
3: spins that wheel like, like, yo. Like he's just over that shit. Like <laughs> he's like, I'll do the final spin. And just, it's a very depressing spin. <laughs> and why is Vanna
4: there? It's all like electronic now. She touches the thing. Like, right. what kind of job is that? She ain't doing <laughs> nothing. Back now. in the day, she had to turn them, but yeah. now it's all like, what is she there for? Sorry. It's Bluetooth
3: now. She's a good point.
4: Uh, yeah, I would love to see Steve Harvey host Jeopardy. That would be the bomb right there. All right, play. Let's uh, What's what <laughs> <laughs> I love how he plays everybody on Family Feud. Uh, yeah. He's dissing them and yeah. shit.
3: Um any final thoughts? Final thoughts? Yeah, uh well, just um I'm going to miss Jeopardy with Alex Trebek. Yeah. Jeopardy, I grew up my me and my father used to play Jeopardy uh all the time. Oh wow. Um me
4: too with my dad. Yeah.
3: But he used yeah. to make me feel like shit because <laughs> My father didn't, like, graduate high school. I'm, like... College educated, but he would get all the answers right and then talk shit about it. You know, he would be like, What yeah.
5: the what how do you how do I know about
3: US history and I wasn't born here? <laughs> but you don't know shit about this, huh? <laughs> or word geography, huh? I don't I haven't I le- left New York in twenty years. But you five at <laughs> the time, you don't know? You have a learning disability I don't know about? <laughs> I was like, pa relax. I never get the daily doubles right. Um, I can't
4: believe this might be Final Jeopardy for Alex It's Jebeck. gonna be final jeopardy, mm. so Alex wow. Oh, wow. Yeah.
3: but you know I, I, I think, you know, uh, Rachel would be a great Jeopardy host. Oh my God, I would oh, die. No, 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 I no, 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 no.
4: would die. Foods to sold with the letter Q? Okay, fine. <laughs> what is a quiche? <laughs> you know, I would want to jump in. I don't know.
2: But <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. And now it's time for the last fake news of the season. Oh! oh!
0: Live from La Gran Manzana, it's Frank Spiritson News with Frank Nibbs. Hello, folks.
6: Hi, Frank. How are we?
5: Oh,
4: my God. This is going to be the last hi, Frank, until the next season. My
5: Eloeros. I'm going to miss you. Okay. Well, guys.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They miss you, too. I'm here to talk to you
5: about a particular word. Uh All right? This is a particular word that companies use all the time. Okay? What do companies mean when they say it? What is it? Because It's... it's a term we constantly use in marketing slogans. We know in marketing it's all about signs, symbols, and repetition and planting seeds in our subconscious minds. Is that true? Rachel, you were in marketing. I would say so. Right.
4: Part of of the equation.
5: All right. Now, you may say it. Well, I don't really hear that a lot. Well, let me refresh your memory and show you how much marketers put this word it in their products. Mm. Now- we all rem- are familiar with the movie It by Stephen King, right? I hate
4: that fucking movie.
5: Right? What about sayings like, is it in you by Gatorade? Or McDonald's, I'm loving it. Or Coca-Cola, make it. Or,
4: uh... Nike, just do it?
5: No. Uh, Gatorade, it's a real thing. Or EAS Sports, video game. <laughs> it's in the game. Or, or discover credit card. I, like Gator- I don't like, is it in you? That sounds, that sounds like
2: a Discover <laughs>
5: Or Nike just do it. There you go, the most Didn't famous
6: just... one. <laughs> Didn't
3: it? Or what's love got to do with it? Or, there you
2: go. Or
4: that... song... why do you always do that?
2: Wait, it was Frank that ignored you. I just had to
4: double up. <laughs> but then you got the credit for it.
5: It's alright.
2: We'll
4: oh, so see. The...
5: So or another yeah, song like ass. the the Beatles, <laughs> Let It Be. Right. Now, if we're all thinking rationally, these are things we should be questioning. I mean, uh, marketing marketing firms are some of the most brilliant minds. They come from Yale, Harvard, Princeton. They can't be all Brooklyn College. There you go. College. They they can't Postos, be all Community make, College. They have to be making more original <laughs> stuff this, than these these BS slogans. I wonder why they keep on using this. It Ooh, tell us now we are all conditioned left and right. Now in saying that, Sigmund Freud is someone. Some of these marketers. Name dropping. Right. They admire him very much. (laughs) And they strategize the ideas around his teaching. He is termed the father of psychology and coincidentally a Freemason. Uh, Uh-oh. He's getting Hold on. Uh, We're going into the Freud Freud taught there were three parts of the human psyche, or as he would say, the self. Number one, the ego. Number two, the super ego. Which he termed, and number three, which he termed the ID, which is the subconscious mind. The Id. Now, we hear that the word ID and we give it so much power because it identifies us. But to Freud, ID meant subconscious mind. And we have empowered that word to almost mean like a third person. So back to it. We talk about it as, as it is a third person inside of us. Now, what else do we hear in relation to the word IT or IT? Information technology? Uh oh. oh. I get it, right? Hey. Or the IT field, right? Computers, artificial intelligence, right? Think about it, mm. right?
4: Think about it. You just Is said it. Is it
5: the term <laughs> meaning information technology? <laughs> Is that what they're preparing us for? Artificial intelligence? Transhumanism? Wow. Oh. Transhuman, transhumanism, the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond this current physical and mental limitation, especially by means of science and technology. Now in saying that, are they trying to summon something inside of us, inside our subconscious, perhaps activating something inside us? Right? Microchips? Hmm. You say microchips. Well
6: <laughs> I didn't
4: say it, you right. said it. I could
5: hear I can hear the, Someone in can the, hear the audience. audience. Someone in the audience. Someone in the audience said microchips. Up, okay. Hold up, hold up. <laughs> There's a recent article, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you what this recent article says. Thousands of people in Sweden are willingly microchipping their own hands, and it is part of the transhuman movement that is sweeping the globe. We also have Sophia, by the way, uh, Sophia, you're, you're, uh, your the girl, microchipped? your girl, right? Mike's girlfriend is named the girlfriend, first, Sophia The first humanoid robot siti- that was given citizenship to any country in the world, okay? Time Magazine, headline of the year 2045, the year man becomes immortal. Okay, we have countless movies. Okay, we have 2001 A Space Odyssey, a movie by Stanley Cooper made in 1968. Mm-hmm. Okay, Stanley Cooper, who's coincidentally a Freemason. Like and, and, you were in college, in and, and year, coincidentally, right? oh, yeah. they say so. he right. recorded the fake moon landing. Okay, we have movies like The Matrix, iRobot, Blade Runner, Terminator, Robocop. Okay, we have sayings like in the movies, like Frankenstein, it's alive. Right, the okay. character it from What's the Adams family. Think about it, the sayings. It is what it is. Or keep it real. Or bring it on. Here you go. Or keep it up.
4: You
3: watched <laughs> that right?
5: movie, didn't you? Oh, I love Did that you movie. love that? I could yeah. see you watching a It made me movie. want to be a meal, Julia. The yeah. devil made me do it, right? Mm. These are all slogans. American Express. Don't leave home without it. Oh
4: my God. I say fuck it like 15 <laughs> times a day.
5: Energizer bunny. <laughs> it keeps going and going and going. Burger King, have it your way. Oh. Yeah. So it's the chip. There you go, it's the chip, and we, that's going to, uh, to move us into this transhumanism uh, movement that we're going to be embarking in in the future.
4: Wow, Frank!
5: Yeah, man, this one took me a while to You put really together. get
4: us thinking.
5: <laughs> yeah, yo, Frank, I
2: feel like you did this on purpose, so we have a whole season to think about what you just told me. Nah, that's, that's I'm a lot gonna give. Of, a no,
5: my Eloeros, You know what? Exactly. You guys always hit me up on the DMs. Just check out hashtag Transhumanism. All right, that's gonna talk about this whole movement that's coming. And you know, like one of my best uh, in the '70s was the Bionic Man and the Bionic Woman. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It's coming to fruition, guys. Okay.
4: Okay you guys, this is the part of the show where we have an exciting guest and it's the season finale. I mean, what do you think we were going to bring tonight? What do you think this was? Like amateur night? We ain't playing. This is the real deal people. It's the Latinos Alive podcast, so we're not going to bring you no bullshit, okay? Mm. I have been excited about this guest since it was like a thought cuz wow. I knew it was going to happen. I just felt mm. it in the universe. Okay, so without further ado, y'all, she is an Emmy and Peabody Award winning jur- journalist. Nice. She's the executive producer of the longest running show on NPR called Latino USA. Woo. If you don't yes. know who I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Maria Hinojosa.
2: Yeah. yeah.
6: Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Oh, thank you. That was pretty good. No, so we're not the longest-running show on NPR. I see what you're saying. We're the longest-running <laughs> Latino. Okay, in program. Can we start from okay. the, the top country, again? In the country. That's still... <laughs> Rachel, take two. It's still quite an accolade, I it would is. say. It is. That's it is. pretty amazing. Um, yeah, because when, we, when, when the show was conceived, Latino USA was conceived when I was a correspondent at NPR, La Verdad, La Verdad, is that I think the executives at NPR, so this was 1993, I think they were like, gosh, that show will last like two years, maybe hmm. three or four, hmm. maybe five. And we're kind of like, hi, 25 years later, oh, Toma. wait, what? Wait, our audience grew on the radio by 45% last year? Oh, wow. would that be Latino USA? Yeah. Wow. So, um, so they're paying attention. And our digital audience, the same thing, just exploding. So, you know, there's, um, I suppose we can say thank you to um, some people at this precise moment about bringing attention to Latinos and Latinas. Um, maybe they haven't brought the attention about it in the nicest possible way, but people are paying attention. They want to know who we are. And obviously, you guys know that I'm speaking about the President of the United States. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I, because this is a funny show, I'm just going to, because you guys have not heard yes. this. <laughs> Secrets. Yeah. Secret. Well, I, I mean, some people get really freaked out about this, to be honest with you, because they're just like, oh my God, wait, what, what is she saying? She's that public radio person. <laughs> it's like, I have another podcast. It's called In the Thick, and we do drop F-bombs there. So, okay. But anyway, awesome. so I am five things right now that the current president... Doesn't really like. So I'm Mexican. Mm. I'm an immigrant. Mm. I'm a journalist. I'm a woman, and I'm flat-chested.
4: Oh! Hello.
2: <laughs> I was not expecting the. Uh, me the mis- I thought you were more of a butt guy.
4: And we're all looking at your tits now, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks.
6: Not me. Not me. Adios. Oh my gosh. Well, anyway, no. But you know what? If you're gonna do that, if you're gonna objectify women, I'm not gonna let you do that. I'm going to take it and twist it right back, and I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Because, by the way, also, that's what happens when you get older. You don't give a shit. How mm. do you broach the subject on your show of mm. this presidency? You know, you're on NPR. Yeah, well, so I have a staff, um, some of whom are right here, so shout out to Janice Yamoka. Yay! Yeah. Yay! Um, Janice Amazing is one team. of our newer, newer producers, and she's just, just you know, it's out of the park all the time with Janice. So we have a team of people So it's not just me. It's actually a staff of many producers who work together to put Latino USA out. Um, I anchor the show. I'm involved in the show. But it's not just me. It's a real team of people. So we think a lot about how do we manage talking about um, this president and the politics of the moment on a show like ours. Um, We also have to recognize that we cannot put our head in the sand. That right now being a Latino or Latina in the United States of America means that we are targeted. I mean, it, I wish it wasn't so, yeah. but it is. Um, some people don't feel it, and that's great. But um, essentially, that's kind of the, the era that we're living in. And we're not making this up. This is stuff that has come out of the president's mouth or his attorney general.
4: What was your vision for the show when it started 25 years ago? And how, what's the evolution of the show since
6: So I think the show then, when we first started it, it really was modeled after All Things Considered, which is the preeminent NPR program. It was a half an hour of news and information, very much in kind of an NPR tone. But of course, we were always reporting about the Latinx experience and about identity and about politics. I mean, Latinx have been around, as you know, a hell of a long time. So we've been doing all of this deep reporting. I think what changed was after I created my own nonprofit media company and I took over, the production of Latino USA, I took fully, fully under my control everything from editorial to fundraising. I think what happened was that as a staff we realized that audio and podcasting and sound—you know—everybody was like radio's dying. Radio? Who cares about rain? You guys know. Like, there's an uptick in in audio, and we understood also that there was um, a potential to push. Our audio production skills to the max, so that's what we do. We do great, intense audio production on some stories. On other stories, it's interviews. Where you know, like this past week, where we had Miguel. Yeah, that Miguel, um, who was, was singing so to me. Good. It was <clears throat> I know. Amazing. Because a lot of people think that Miguel is African American, right? Um, he's half Mexican uh, and really super proud to talk about that. Um,
3: half Mexican and half sexican. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just came out.
6: I mean I agree okay. with you. I well agree with that. Um, actually after being in the after being in the studio with him close up, yeah. Uh. Yeah didn't he sing to you? you see? He, sang. He, confirmed. he sang to me. Uh. Oye me es un coqueto pero pero lindo o sea pero lindo pero él es un coqueto en el mejor sentido de la palabra you know I mean I basically had to go home to my husband and say sweetie I I just met him
2: Uh. Um, (laughs) I know that he was
6: grabbing me in a way that's just a little bit but he's a rock star (laughs) so, um, so anyway so Latino USA now is really kind of catching the cultural pulse the political pulse, not only of the Latinx community, but um, we're also understanding how Latinx intersect with everything else. Because we're just Americans, like all of y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you feel
2: right now with so much going on as far as the political stuff? When you're researching and you're doing some of the reports, how do you balance out doing some of the stuff like you were doing an episode on Pose, but then keeping people (coughs) informed of all the misinformation that's going on? I love it.
6: I love it. Well, that is part of the beauty of of the work that we get to do. So you're right. We just did a phenomenal interview with um, two of the actors from Pose. Um, It's a cast that is the most ever... Um, LGBTQ and trans, ever. Um, And, oh, it was such a great interview because also you guys, you know, I lived through the era that's actually, that Pose is based on. I lived through it. I was at La Escuelita like almost every other weekend. So I was up front and close to it. So interviewing the women of Pose was just like, I just love them. I mean, amazing. But, you know, two weeks later, I'm in Texas, Interviewing a woman who had to escape her country after she was um, prostituted out by her own grandmother um, wow. in El Salvador. and then she comes and she's put into an immigrant detention facility. and while she's there, she is sexually assaulted by a guard who is a Latina. So um, <clears throat> so and before that, I was visiting Estrella who is a trans, undocumented Mexican woman who is uh, serving time in a men's prison, even though um, she's a woman. Um, And we broke the story. We have an exclusive with um, Estrella. She was one of the first immigrants to be taken from a courtroom um, by plainclothes immigration agents, and then she was put into an unmarked car. So what we're talking about is, um, you know, I don't know... At least in some situations, it might be nice to know who's actually taking you. might be nice to have them identify themselves and have a van or a car where at least you know who's taking you. We're at a point where people are being taken from courtrooms by plainclothes agents and put into unmarked cars. Uh, she was getting an order of protection actually and she was going to get that order of protection. So so as you can see I'm, I can be really happy and fun and loving Pose and Miguel and all of that and then I can be like such a Debbie Downer mm. because mm-hmm. – but I think that that's part of the experience of being Latino or Latina in the United States of America today frankly. I think that's part of, I mean, we have these incredible social and cultural skills to coño, to make people laugh and smile. We just met each other and we're cracking up in the back and we're like sharing all kinds of intimate details. And we're yes. like, mira, come and meet my husband. You know, and then on the other hand, we're, we're the targets. We are the targets of hate in this moment. Like I said, it brings me no joy, but I am not going to be gaslit. I know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like to say I'm informed. I don't want to be like some kind of like, yo sé todo. No. It's what I'm seeing.
2: And so how do you keep the balance? Because you're reporting a lot of stuff that's heavy as an individual, as a parent. How do you balance yourself out so you don't get drained when week in and week out? There's so much heavy stuff going on.
6: Well, there was a period of time when Downton Abbey really helped. Um, that was, <laughs> <laughs> um, after I got uh, got over the fact that I was pissed off that they had yet another show about white folks on public television, mm-hmm. um, but okay, that was a joke too. You guys can. Laugh. <laughs> um, so that helped, but no, I um I'm I take my self care very seriously now, and I can because. You know, my two kids are older, so I'm kind of at a point in my life where I'm not having to worry that intensely. Um, We did that, my husband and I. And um, so I meditate twice a day these days. The opposite of meditating is I box. I'm a boxer now. Hey, now. Yeah, Yeah,
4: buddy. She's flexing uh, right now. So I box. (laughs) Um, I
6: do, you know, I'm I'm running a lot. I do boot camp. I do all kinds of stuff. That I do Zumba. So I do all kinds of stuff that keeps me active. Um, I connect a lot with nature whenever I can. So purposefully connecting with nature. I've become um, a, a birder. And I—I I mean, it's like I don't actually even—I can't even say that because I've got a couple of bird feeders on my fire escape in Harlem. Mm. <laughs> but you know, so you're like Mike we, Tyson, but he does it with pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> now there are the the love pigeons that come to the window, but but really what I've seen is we see blue jays. I saw a Ooh. red uh, red-headed woodpecker, and we have red-headed chickadees or red-headed sparrows. Um, That come and I actually so another thing that I do is I'm I'm, I am very in touch with spiritual connection and messaging. So I do a lot of self care in that sense. I get acupuncture. I do Reiki. I'll get um, you know deep tissue massage when I can and make the time. So Jamie does as well.
3: Jimmy does that. Actually. Yeah, I like to get massages at least once, once a month. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah,
4: get the toxins so.
3: out. A little bit too much information for everyone here. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, they're not like PG massages. Yeah, right? all right, happy no, ending. No, no, <laughs> no, no. no. it's, it's family smile. friendly massages. Oh, goodness,
6: <laughs> how quickly you guys went to the gutter? <laughs> yes. No, I saw some looks. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. What are you talking about? Massage, Jamie. But the, yeah. the other thing okay. that I, the other thing that I do is I, I, I try to. Um, Spent a lot of time thinking about what I am grateful for, you know, trying to center gratitude, which is pretty difficult when we're being attacked um, so much. Um, I'm a succulentologist. You guys are like, what is she talking about? So I love humans. succulents.
4: Succulents? Oh my God, I garden. I know exactly what you're talking so about. So I have like,
6: I, well, I don't garden because I don't have a garden, but <laughs> oh. but I have succulents on my windowsills all over my apartment in Harlem. So I have a lot of succulents Wow! and and I'm, I'm loved by my my kids and by my husband. My husband, like, you know, the reason why you guys are, are um, going to say goodbye to me a little bit earlier than usual is because I'm going to go home and be with my husband. Who I haven't seen in you know since whatever four days ago because I was traveling and I'm just like, just being together, like that is really so focusing on love. By the way, you know we just celebrated 27 years of marriage.
4: Hey!
6: <laughs> well, <what? laughs> all I gotta say is I, when I would say to my mom, who by the way was married to my dad until they had 60, 65 years of marriage, may wow. my dad rest in peace, and I would say to my my mom, mommy, ¿qué es eso de matrimonio? What's marriage? what is it? And she said, ay, es mucho trabajo, mamita. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, no, mom, making a bed like you're making the bed now. Like, that's work. What do you mean marriage is work? And it never left me. It is really hard work and all of us have to be prepared to like deal with some serious shit if you're going to be in a long-term relationship.
4: Absolutely. So, speaking of your husband. Yes, ma'am. Mm. He's Dominican, Yes, baby. ma'am. Oh, yes, oh. he is. Oh, Dominican, oh, pero <laughs>
6: Like, which is when I completely knew that I was going to marry him. Like, that, all, I mean, that was like, oof. Santo Domingo in the year 19. ¿qué? What was it? 1990. So it was like it was like perfect. And Herman is, um, you know, I, I actually wrote about this in in my my second book, Raising Raúl, um, because the the whole thing was that you know, oh my God, Dominican men, because I had just I was Mexican born, raised in Chicago, come to New York for college, and here is where I meet Caribbean men, Puerto Rican men, Cuban men, Dominican men, and rapidito, la gente empezó. No, no, pero los dominicanos, no, no, no. And I would say, like, pero es que yo soy mexicana, por favor, no me hablen del machismo. No, 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 pero es que el dominicano, no, 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 no. So that was really not cool, right? Um, Germán, he, soon after we met, he, I was working as a journalist and he wanted me to, Come and see his artwork, his apartment, which you know is a big line. It's like hey. <laughs> I, do, I use that. Uh,
3: I use that all the time. Yeah. Come <laughs> see my like, artwork. What, this is crayon. Use it, Maria. <laughs> this is crayon.
2: I'm like, what? It's artwork. <laughs> Maria, please come to my apartment. I'm gonna show you some artwork and start. We talk. I make you some so <laughs> <laughs> Write about this. I have so, patelito,
6: patelito, So <laughs> lo que pasó fue de que I was like, oh my god. Okay, so hold. This guy's like gorgeous. He's an artist. He's Dominican. No, 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 no. Like danger, 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 danger. Warning, 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 warning. warning, warning. warning. But you know, he was, he really wanted me. He was like, you know, you're an important journalist. I'd like for you to see my work. So I finally went up to see his um, work, and low key, I walked in and I saw his artwork, and I fell in love with him. Wow. That was I, I just was like, oh my god, this. Oh, uh, that's how I felt. So, uh, and it so was romantic. It, well, it, it's yeah, I know. It's the truth too, because I really. I saw in his artwork, I was like, the person who can create this cannot be an asshole, cannot be a horrible human being. And thankfully, Herman, um, who was at that point, I think, probably one of the most eligible bachelors on your island. Mm. So I had a little bit of competition. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you started boxing way back. Yeah. <laughs> this is
2: a, no? a Maria? Mira,
6: óyeme, la verdad es que la mujer dominicana, las mujeres dominicanas son bellas. Low key, like I, mean, I did. I did have. I had a hard time, yo. I had a hard time.
3: <laughs> uh, Rachel's posing. Rachel's, Rachel's posing. posing.
4: But look, at how, look
6: at how beautifully she does it. She's just like what? Uh,
4: Wait, let me suck it in.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. I, re- I remember early on. I told Herman. I was like, "Es que sabes que es que no las, mu- cómo es que tú me escogiste a mí? Por qué? Pero mira todas estas bellezas, estas mujeres." And they were all friends of Herman's. All of him, and they loved him, and just a few were a little jealous. But overall, mm. it's been a total love fest, and um, and I'm so happy that my kids are half Dominican.
4: That's an interesting mix. How was it with the balancing of the cultures? So, did you make it your business to say, hey? You're half Mexican. We're going to Mexico. Like, how was it? Because I'm I'm also <laughs> the product of two very different cultures being raised uh, Russian Jew and Dominican at home. So, what was that like as a mom? We
6: we knew that whatever whatever we wanted to do with the kids, we wanted to make it very organic. So, um, so we would just go and visit Mexico as often as we could. My parents, by that point, thankfully <coughs> had um, had a little uh, had a home. Donde they would spend half the year. So we would go to Mexico. Um, And then we'd also go to the DR. So it was like kind of half and half. And we never, Herman and I never actually sat down and we were like, well, this and that. And it was just very organic. And I think that in some ways, we actually had somebody from um, Barnard do a research study on my kids. Because she was fascinated over the fact that my kids felt completely balanced they were like, yeah, no, totally, Mexico, yeah, eso, pero pero claro, o sea, bien, o sea, and and they speak a little bit of Mexican Spanish and a lot of Dominican Spanish, Um, and I'm really proud of the fact that they have integrated this into themselves very naturally, and they feel very much, just as much at home in Mexico as they do in the DR, Perfect. so me encanta mucho, I'm so happy, but... To be honest with you, I always felt like I was meant to be from the Caribbean. I, I thought it was Cuba. I thought that that was you know I, that was always calling. But it was like there's something in me, and I still haven't figured it out that had me rooted in wanting to be part of the Caribbean. So Herman took me, rescued me, Qué lindo. delivered that dream. That's beautiful. My Afro-Taino
2: <laughs> artist husband. As an artist, um, what does he bring into the relationship? As you know, you're being a journalist. What does he bring, and as far as even a, a balance in that? In the relationship? All right. So,
6: <clears throat> all right. I'm going to reveal. So, my husband was very, very, very political in the DR. Who couldn't be in the DR? Mm-hmm. So, he was hugely political. His roots, like mine, um, come from politics and a deep engagement in in politics and and community and activism. Um, and then from there, he goes into the world of art. Um, but Hermann, <laughs> so sometimes I'll come home and he'll be like, um, do I need to tell you the headlines, honey? Because even though I'm the journalist, I'm actually working, right? I'm, I'm working all day. I'm doing this. And Hermann is <clears throat> Herman is working at home or in his studio. He's got something on at all times. He's completely informed. He's very visual, so he has a lot of the the news coming on through the visuals. And we will spend quite a bit of time talking politics. The conversation goes like this in terms of the political conversation. I'll usually be like, oh my God, what's happening with this country? Oh, this is insane. And he'll be like, que chulo es la democracia. Ay, wow. Pero, pero mira lo que estamos viviendo. This is like so cool. Look at the, you know, <coughs> laws are in motion. Robert Mueller, um, you know, the courts, the judges. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. So I think we both know how precarious the situation is right now. I don't think any of us have a sense that there's, like, going to be a winning light at the end of the tunnel right now because this is a very, very, very dark time. But um, that's kind of the dialogue. There's a lot of – because I was raised here, so Herman is like, te importa demasiado. O sea, you know, you need to have a little bit of distance. On the other side, what my husband brings to me is his art. So I come home and there's something, you know, I mean, I got home last night at one o'clock in the morning. He just had a bunch of new prints. And, you know, so there we were. I was looking at them and I talked to his art. You know, I'm like, I like, I know it's a little crazy. So, <laughs> so his art actually gives me a sense of hope for humanity because it is so pure so I think that's the balance between he and I. What has he ever done a, I'm
3: sorry. Have you? Has he ever done a
6: portrait of you? Oh yeah. Uh, Ooh,
4: like Titanic style, like on a couch. <laughs>
6: <laughs> well, maybe, but he, <laughs> no one will ever see that. Hey! Record. Off record, off record. But no, actually, there's a portrait of me that he did um, soon after we met. Um, it's in my office and it's um, above uh, where I sit, and it's actually a portrait of me on a horse. Um, and I'm going like 90 miles an hour, and my hair is kind of flowing back me behind me. Oh my God. And I remember asking him, like, Por qué lo pintas? Me dijo, Porque tú no paras. Mm. So like, you in don't motion. stop. Yeah. You are always in motion. Which you are. And he knew that from the beginning, though. See, and I think that's why, one of the reasons why we've been able to um, stay married for so long is because he, ne- he understood that from the beginning. He was not going to be able to amarrarme y decirme no. He did once. He did. <clears throat> He did ask me to not travel to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to get as far as Jordan, um, and I was able to get there. But then he said, please don't go to Iraq. Don't go to Afghanistan. I said, I wouldn't, and I won't. Iran? I was like, I don't know. I might want to go to I wasn't prepared to put that one on the table. So I, I on- like Ironically,
3: I you would go on a horse. If you went,
4: <laughs> oh, Jamie. Um, so okay, let's go back to your office and yes. your work life because yes. NPR is not the only thing you do. You are no, the f- no. I'm I, I'm Mexican. I have sixteen jobs. <laughs> well, one of the jobs I want to focus on right now. You is, know, it's true.
6: Listen I mean, to them. They're all just like yeah.
4: You are the founder of the only Latina-run nonprofit media group, Futuro that has a, yes, Media.
6: Yes, that has. A, we we run our own independent newsroom. Um, there are other Latinos and Latinas who run nonprofit um, media companies, but none of them are running a newsroom the way we are, and so we're the only ones who are kind of in the mix. Uh, so,
4: talk to us about that setup. What is the difference? Like, what makes you guys stand out and different from a for-profit
6: newsroom? Well, so, you know, that goes to such a big question around the question around the issue of um, journalism and money. So there was a time in our country, actually, when journalism was respected unto itself, especially because of our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Um, So journalism um, not too long ago was kind of perceived to be in this area that was um, to be supported and not to be squeezed. You support it you don't squeeze money out of it so for example the news departments at all of the networks like ABC CBS NBC before there was cable they had they had budgets for their news divisions and those budgets were not touched they were not like ratings driven like they did not say okay your budget for news is 5 million but if you bring in more viewers we'll give you 10 mm. I was like no like you're covering the news this is your budget that's not how it works now. So um, journalism news is based on ratings, is based on advertising. Um, with the advent of cable news, a lot of that happens. So nonprofit media, for example, public media, although there's a lot of critique around how public media right now intersects with corporate media. But we are fully independent in the sense that we, we don't get any corporate funding um, we get funding from foundations and from individuals, from people like you in the audience. All of you can donate to Futuro Media. Um, so that's how we do it, and so we're we're not being squeezed on a you know an investor who is saying, "Where's my return? How come you wait wait that story that you did? We had an audience drop off at the eight minute. Li- you know what happened? Did you start talking about politics at eight minutes? I don't want you talking about politics anymore. If we're going to lose the audience, all of that is what commercial media. S- basically how they operate. So to be independent of that, to do journalism for the sake of informing, for the sake of facts and the truth. And in our view, um, we are a newsroom, I created a company that was very specifically um, aimed at wanting to be diverse. Like, it was all about saying the United States of America is a truly diverse country. And so we are going to make a newsroom that is like that. So my company is run by an African-American woman. Um I'm Mexican. Um You know, the team that leads Latino USA is a half-Jewish guy from Queens. a uh, white, white Jewish guy from Queens. Okay, um, shalom. And, um, yeah. Um, and, and Miguel, well, <laughs> baruch atah adunoi. Yeah. you know. Um... So we are, we're very diverse. Um, In fact, yeah, we're, I mean, we're super diverse and we feel that that's what allows our journalism to breathe. I got to tell you that um, I'm so glad that you guys are doing your own thing because that's what we want more Mm -hmm. and more people to do. Certainly Latinx, we need people to just own our voices. And I tell my staff, because I'm very lucky, I'm the one that gets to kind of be out there and get all the public recognition, right, because they know the voice. Somebody freaked out the other day. I was in, They overheard and they were like, oh my god, what is she doing in the um, office? Oh, I forgot what I was going to tell you. Wait, what was I going to tell
4: you? Our voices, Latinx, we're doing our own thing. Diversity.
6: Um, <laughs> that um, what we need is we need more people to do it, to basically own their own power, own their own their voice, and to not be afraid, because yes. what's happened now is that our newsrooms are less diverse now than they were before 9-11.
4: How is that possible?
6: Because we live in really strange times. So the fact that we are all stepping up to the plate and owning our voices is actually a part of um, a historical moment for us. And um, and also, it's a smart business move. hello. What demographic is growing in the United States of America? Latino. I'm just saying. Latinos in the USA. Latinos. In the- <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a great name for yeah. a radio show. You
4: know, really. I
6: in the USA. Wow. <laughs> Good name.
2: My question to you, um, being your heifer, um, for journalists. I'm a short is- heifer, be, be clear, okay? Because yeah. I'm only five <laughs> feet tall. Um, as a journalist, what is needed in that toolbox to be an effective journalist right now in 2018?
6: Well, I think, one, we have to do on-the-ground reporting, right? So that's what we've been doing a lot recently. Me, personally, I have a lot of my team that is doing that. So a lot of on-the-ground reporting so that we can – that's what journalists do, right? We do that reporting. That means going out there, talking to people, getting a sense, a pulse. Um, and then we need to – um, what we have, right? We have an editorial team. We are talking to each other. It's not just one person who's going out there and writing and just saying whatever they want. We're a team. We're very thoughtful about how we do things. Um, You know, on In the Thick, which is our politics podcast, it's very different than Latino USA. Uh, Latino USA is, you know, dedicated to journalism, reporting, high audio uh, production and content and interviews. And In the Thick, it was a response to a political conversation That's not being had where people of color are centered in that conversation. I mean, you guys, Trump launches his campaign by insulting Mexicans. Did you see Latinos covering this campaign like um, ABC and New York Times and Wall Street? I mean, were there like Latinos like, no. How can it be possible that we're being targeted and we're not in the room to talk about that? So that's why we created in the thick, um, was to basically say, you know, we talk we talk politics all the time. All the time we talk politics, and so we're going to own this space of talking politics. And um, our audience is, like, exploding. We got, like, a special um, honoree from the Webbys. Mm, so there. Fantastic. There. Awesome there. Well, we're very happy.
4: my last question um, before really? we wrap. Oh, I, well, I know so you want to get home to your husband and... I do love him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to... We need to get him on the show because you were dropping some tidbits about him. I mean, he's designed artwork for Juan Luis Guerra. Like, can we, that's can a whole I just drop some other... Go, um, I mean, the mic's yeah. yours. Go ahead.
6: This is going to sound so pretentious, but um, but but I say it because I also think that, um, one, dreams can come true sometimes, and two, you never know where a friendship is going to be. Um, ¿Dónde va a ser una, una amistad? Right? Like, we just hung out. A lot of stuff, we were in that green room. A lot of stuff was revealed in that private green room back yes, there. there. <laughs> so, we know we got a there bond. There are no tape recorders in uh-huh. there. We know we got a bond. Okay. Um, so, um, low key, one of the reasons why I moved to New York way back a million years ago, because I, I wanted to meet Mikhail Baryshnikov, you know, the ballet dancer. Yes. Oh, the guy on the Sex in the City, right? Well,
4: th- that character was based on right, him. Right, okay. Oh, my him. God, that's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
6: So that's um that's my husband's best friend right now. No way. Oh, yeah, they're really they're really really close oh my- friends. So you had barbecues with Barishnikov? That's
4: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's
6: pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, actually in the Dominican Republic. Uh, which is what's even crazier. I- what? Wow.
4: The Russian people love the DR.
6: They do. They do love the they DR. They go to Playa
4: Dorada, Puerto they Plata. They están por todas partes. Yeah.
6: So, um, so, so you can bring Herman on or myself and Herman, and he can tell you all kinds of crazy stories. Also because he was part of what was happening in the DR um, that was the youth movement that was moving the DR forward in a super positive way. So, mm. yeah, I'd love to come on with well, him. Or to qu-
4: have him on. We'll definitely talk about that. Um, sí, but, okay, you've won
6: an Emmy. Yes, ma'am. No, you've- for...
4: I stand corrected quadruple Emmy winning
2: she's like four
4: Peabody winning Edward R. Murrow winning like I'm not gonna go down this whole list of awards that you've been the recipient of all
6: named after white men (laughs) Robert F. Kennedy Awards Turkle Award Walter Cronkite Award
4: you've written books Yes. You have an award-winning podcast, but like, what is next? What is the path ten years from now for Maria Inojosa?
6: Um, I well, I'm I'm writing a book. I'm writing two books, so that's going to happen. Um, and I, I have a lot of dreams about moving. You know, our our journalism is so solid and so fabulous, um, but there is a part of me that wants to um do something a little unexpected in an area of the media that might not be expected but all of it based on true stories based on the material that we have so there's a lot of there's a lot of work that we're doing <clears throat> because we have access to stories so we're working on a documentary series about Suave he spent 31 years in prison he was sentenced to life in prison as a juvenile without mm-hmm. parole he came out 8 months ago Um, And we've been following his story for twenty years. Wow! So, you know, will that that will become its own thing? Will that does that become a feature film? Who knows? So we're um, we're dreaming big. We're dreaming big, but we're also pasito a pasito. so pasito a pasito. We're not like exploding. We're just growing little by little by little by little. So. I'm appreciative. You are an inspiration. You are paving the way
4: for so many of us across so many different facets. It's just weird because I'm like, really? I'm like, what? Yes. You've (laughs) been doing so much and breaking barriers for those that are following in your footsteps. Thank you. Um, We may have some questions from the audience before we wrap. So our first question is from Theo Louis. Theo Louis, do you want to come up here and read it?
6: Hi, it's Theo Louis from Prime Latino Media. And like they do in the White House now, they get two questions. Oh boy! uh, (laughs) Leave
4: it to Theo Louis.
6: So, do you believe that we are a bilingual country of English and Spanish? I believe we're a multilingual country that is not limited to English and Spanish. Um, And I think that. The more languages we can speak and the more... That's why I love living in New York. I mean, look, I'm looking outside. I know that if I go down on that street corner right out here, then I'm going to hear five different languages on, f- on just the three street corners that I could I might touch on. On just the one food truck. <laughs> exactamente. Exactamente. So um, I'm, I'm about multilingual um, reality. As a Latin American, how do you feel about the USA
5: calling itself America.
6: Yeah, no, I mean, and we, I was, I, this notion of even calling myself American was very difficult for me because I was a radical in college and I was like, Americana, no, Norte Americanos, you know, I was very clear, estadounidenses. Um, So yeah, no, I think we have to correct the fact that this country doesn't get to own American. Um, So I think it's important that we have that conversation Um, At the same time, I have a television series named America by the Numbers. So I'm like, ah, you know, because we do reference it. So I'm of both sides to the conversation. Um, I just think it's really important to name it and to say North America, Central America, South America, America from Canada to Argentina, top to bottom, at least to start giving that sensibility. But you guys... I'm just so worried about where we are as a country right now that um, claiming a name right now is like, whew, those were the good old days when we could have those arguments. Mm. And
1: I just have to inject a third one. Why has (laughs) the
6: Me Too movement not made a bigger impact (coughs) in the
5: Latino community?
6: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, What's up with Me Too and Latinos and Latinas? Um, I'm not sure. I don't have an answer. I've also wondered you know, how my own country, Mexico, has like, there hasn't been a Me Too movement in Mexico. I'm like, pero por favor. Entonces es como que imposible. You know, like if, if you just begin to pull that thread, that loose thread will take it all down. Um, you know, I think that we have a lot of processing to do within our own community. Claro, Salma Hayek was very public um, about her own experience. But I think that Sexual violence among or within the Latino community is really hard. So I talk about the fact that I've come to terms with the fact that I was raped. And I—I it took me. Woof. That happened when I was 17. And I'm this old, basically. I, and it took me all this time to kind of like, oh, wait, what? Oh, what? What? So I think that a lot of that stuff is very hard for us. We don't have the vocabulary. So I think, um, thank you for the question, because that would need, that's what needs to happen, is we need to hear ourselves talking about it, naming things, and having those difficult conversations, because certainly Latina women, we are so ready to have that conversation. Yeah. But thank you. I think we'll just do a whole Latinas and Me Too on In the Thick. Thank you.
4: Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, like that. yes. Okay. Hi. Hi my Hola. name is Nia. Hi Nia, and I really love the NPR piece you did on Afro Latinidad and who gets to claim it. And I encourage anyone who hasn't listened to it to please listen to it because it was amazing. But I'm wondering what were some of, for anyone who hasn't listened to it what, if you could share what were, what were some of oh, your. Oh wait, this is right. reminding me.
6: Listen to it; it's reminding me. I have to ice my elbow. I have to. I have to call my mother, and I have to make overnight oats. That's that's my alarm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna know the real are, that's I it. it. I love it. I love it. So what was your question?
4: Okay, so my question is what were some of your biggest take takeaway from that conversation that you facilitated that you would share out to anyone who hasn't listened to it?
6: The thing that I love the most and I'm not gonna remember her name was the compañera who said around the issue of Afro Latinidad, she was like, do the work in order to to be in the conversation, you've got to do the work of understanding what it is to be Afro-Latina, mm-hmm. which means that you have to have a consciousness about your African roots and the, the race conversation about, around being black in the Americas. Um, there was a time when there were more Africans in Mexico than there were in the United States, right? So, you know, Africa is a, a part of Latin America that we just never, ever even talk about. So all of us have got to do the work, mm-hmm. All of us. Um, But I was thinking very specifically about my own daughter, who now identifies as Afro-Indigenous. And I'm so proud of her. And she's doing the work. Um, So I appreciated that. And I also appreciated the fact that um, it's really challenging. Like everybody on that roundtable just said, this is really hard in the United States because people assume that you are black American. And you're like, no, that's cool. Yes, thank you. But there's this other thing, um, and that it's, it's challenging. Um, I guess for me also, I mean, I was in the very first conversations around Afro-Latinidad when I got to New York in the early 1980s. All of my friends were Panameños or Dominicanos, and so the conversation of being Afro was central. Um, And they, some of these minds were the ones who held the first Afro-Latinidad festivals or conferences in in New York City. So for me, it's like watching um, the span of history. You know, 30 years ago, it was a conversation that people were having among small groups of Latin American intellectuals, you know, or among, you know, Caribbean intellectuals um, in cafes, you know, across New York City. And now we have a national conversation in the United States about Afro-Latinidad. And um, and, uh, that's very exciting. So thank you for pointing it out. I really appreciate it.
4: Thank you. We have one last question.
5: My name is Omar. So on Friday, the Washington Post put out a story about Puerto Ricans who arrived after Hurricane Maria in Florida that have not registered to vote. Um, What would it take to get, at least get, Puerto Ricans who are now in the States, not just them, but also Latinos, to register in order to take action in the midterm?
6: My God, that's a $64 million question, right? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think it, like, so I'm not a political analyst. I'm not a political operative. I'm not a get-out-the-vote specialist. Um, and I think we have to start from the fact that um, there are interests, there are real serious interests to keep us from not voting, so what does that mean? That means that all of us have to basically counter that. And how do that how do we do that? <clears throat> it actually means talking politics and talking voter registration stuff with the people that you know. Mm-hmm. Like over lunch, like uh, breakfast, like so the that stuff that you're like, "Oh my god, people are going to think I'm such a nerd." But that yeah, like, "Hey, have you registered?" like can, so and, and having the information to say, it's really easy, just do this. Like, I feel like a lot of this right now is our individual responsibility to, um, to engage each other. So I, I, can't, I don't have the right answer to that, right? I, I do worry that there's a lot of effort on voter registration. Mm-hmm. So when, you hear, when I hear this, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is depressing. So where is all that money and effort going? That it's missing this group that is so important. But on the other hand, not only do we have to register, but we've got to make sure that the people that these people are turning out to vote. And I think what we have to, rec- re- re- what we have to recognize is that, especially in Florida, there is a real interest to not have Puerto Ricans voting.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: So all of us, the people in this room, actually have that much effort to make sure that anybody who we know in Florida who can be tied to the Puerto Rican community is asking the question: <clears throat> Who's registering them? Are they registering? Talk to them. Find out, because we all have neighbors who are down there. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to say that the Puerto Ricans of Florida are the most powerful Puerto Ricans in the world, the most powerful Puerto Ricans in the world, because if they register and they vote, they can actually carry the state of Florida, which Mm -hmm. can determine the presidency. presidency. Mm -hmm. So for me, I don't want to hear this, Puerto Ricans don't have any power. In Florida, and in Ohio, actually, and in Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. three key states Donde hay mucho puertorriqueño, okay? They, can, they are the most powerful voters because they can potentially swing those states. Great questions, though. So what's your perfect Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> so my perfect Sunday... <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you what my perfect Sunday is now. Now you're going to have to listen. <laughs> so my perfect Sunday is waking up early and meditating and I'm spending a little bit of time at the altar for the antepasados, you know, lighting the candle and, you know, giving thanks to all of the ancestors who who basically have paved our way. Um, then I will go to um, like an abs class and then take Zumba. Zumba. Mm. And then I will like go and do something completely silly, like get my false eyelashes put on. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, hang out with my husband. Do you guys get a, there's a pattern there, right? A lot um, of love. Right? And then, like, go to. He loves to do all you can eat sushi. Yeah. Oh. Perfect Sunday for me is not having to do anything. Mm. Don't have to be anywhere except for my gym classes. That's my perfect Sunday.
4: Dale. Woo. Well, please, one time for the intelligent and beautiful Maria Hinojosa. Thank
2: you. Yeah. And now it's time for. Right. The que lo que? Mundo vamos Okay, I'll go first. Uh my first uh que, lo que is for Corriente Latina. They're doing a uh, Avengers Infinity War Blu-ray giveaway. It's until uh August 14th. So Jamie, if you want to win a Blu-ray, uh, you, go to go to the website.
3: I never win any of those contests cuz
4: Blu-rays are still like a thing? Yeah, they are. Oh, wow. They, okay.
2: You're not interested in
4: No, I still am okay. rocking VHS. And
2: uh Uptown Collective has a uh big announcement they're actually going to be doing a documentary on the owner of Coogan's so stay tuned
4: that's nice
2: and then for me uh, being it's the season finale uh Rachel, you're going to put the link up, but I need people to donate. I'm running for the marathon. I haven't asked for money yet, so I'm asking you right now to donate. Here we go. Uh, I'm Give us your marathon. spiel.
4: What are you What are you trying to raise funds for? Yeah,
2: it's actually raising money for- uh, That's what she times. said. Excellent. If it's an organization, and they're Wait, amazing. not
4: for domestic violence, for, like, domestic no. violence awareness. You don't awareness. Want. No, no, no. Okay. I
2: don't know. No, of course not. I was going to say, that's you And I, and you donate. I'm, I'm going to try to finish it under four hours. Mm-mm. Um... Maybe not, but if that motivates you to give me more money, that's uh, a way to go. And, uh, yeah, that's my shout-outs.
4: We'll track you in the marathon. Yes, there's an okay. app for that. And um, I'm going to place my bet now that he will not finish in under four hours. If anybody wants to match me or...
3: yeah,
1: I'll, No, I'll I believe in
4: you. You're going to finish, but I, I just don't think... Okay. Sorry.
3: Jamie? Um, yeah, just shout-out to EOP Comedy. They're, it's a site that uh, we've... Done all done some work on and they're actually actually finally uh, putting out a bunch of videos on uh, Facebook Watch on Facebook Watch yeah
4: so Facebook watch out for it watch
3: out for it oh uh, I just said
4: it oh my god Frank
3: here we go um, <laughs> it's happening uh, <laughs> but a lot of videos that we're all in actually are gonna be uh, premiering in the next couple of weeks so shout mm-hmm. out to EOP Kamadi, check it out google it on Instagram and my Instagram Ferns. okay that's it. Bye.
4: Okay, I have a shout-out real quick. Shout-out to our people hierro.com, That's double-L-E-R-O dot the lifestyle and news platform for Latino men. This week, they're spotlighting All-Star Code, a tech boot camp for young men of color that teaches them technical and career skills they'll need for a career um, of success. So log on to hierro.com for the whole story. That's double-L-E-R-O. And also Urban Latino, a quick shout-out. Clef Stage presents Sunday, August 19th, brunch with Chef Frank Maldonado with a live performance. It's by Andre Veloz former guest of the Latinos Out Loud podcast Ooh, nice. she sings eta I thought she was singing about tetas first
3: mm. <laughs> Fly dead, that's... but that's
4: not what she says it's eta like or... uh, okay Okay, Uh, So that's 11 to 4 at the A-Loft So make sure to follow them on ULM Media on Instagram You can follow me at Rachel La Loca I mean, this is the season finale So I will say life is going to be Very different when I come back for the next Mm. season I'll be a mother of two at that point Woo! We're going to have
3: Open up a nursery here in the studio
4: Perfect, (laughs) I was going to ask if I could just bring my kid He's going to be on my teta the whole time He won't disturb anybody (laughs) Yeah, it'll be fine (laughs) We'll see, um, but we do have a Keloké que que quickie right now. Woo! We can't let you go yet because we're trying to prolong this episode. We don't want to leave. Um, okay, you guys. She does these like female empowerment events, and you've been bringing on some pretty successful Latinas to talk and inspire others. Please welcome MP Frias. Woo! Woo!
1: Thanks so much for having me, guys.
4: Welcome to the Latinos I Love podcast. Thank you. So, MP, tell us all about your organization and what you do. Do it justice, because I did not.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just gonna try to pitch it to everyone in here. So, <laughs> um, it's called Scarlet Celebration of Female Expression. It's actually the fifth one, and it's happening next Sunday, August twelfth. That's first my birthday. birthday. Is it your birthday? Oh it's my, my birthday. Oh, I wasn't invite you, so it's. Okay. I'm gonna have to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the very first one. Brought in about 500 people. Wow. Um, numbers 2, 3, and 4 also had by two, about 250 to 300 people. And it's always been in New York, always in the, been in the Bronx. This one, I'm trying to make it a little smaller, so we're going towards 150 to 200 people. Um, I have very few tickets left, but it's kind of like a like an interactive museum, I like to call it. Mm. Um, you're pretty much walking in. There's art everywhere. It's like music blasting. There's live art going on. Um, you're socializing, speaking to your friends, whatever, but then every 20 minutes we're interrupting the show and we're having some kind of performance. So we have comedy, we have um, spoken word, I've had jujitsu fighters, I've had, right. I'm trying to think of the most outrageous things i had there, but it's like, it's always <coughs> something, um, I've had salsa dancers, belly dancers, um, and they're all women. Every single performer is a, is a woman. Dope. And at the end, we have a panel and that's usually what takes the longest for the show. So the show's usually about I want to say six hours long, wow. um, but it's open bar, so you're walking around. Oh, it's, I'm it's, there. It's, yeah, Jimmy's there. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's
3: it. Jimmy's there. I will spend the night at that museum.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> would put that at the top of the list. Uh, oh, no, Jamie. it's yeah. also a seated dinner, so you're having like Dominican baby shower food, which is also. What they got Dominican cake. Dominican cake too. You can All have. All right, one. everybody. everybody wants. Let's okay. wrap it up. We're going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there is. A, yeah. So you're actually sitting down with like potato salad, like Moto, You're eating. An actual Wait, the purple
4: meal. potato salad with the beets. I think my mom makes both. Oh, some people I'm don't there. like that. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes it takes that long. It's it's six it's a six hour show. You're showing up. You're um. I mean, I kind of don't want to give this away, but you're, if you come with friends, you're not going to sit with your friends. The whole point is to meet people, so we make it so you have Amazing. to meet people. So you're with strangers the entire time. Um, you'll see how to your friends at the end, but for the most part, you're coming in to network. That's the main part of it. And then at the end, we have that panel, which ends up being about... And I try to keep it at like an hour and a half, two hours long, but it takes it takes the, mo- most, the majority of the show.
2: What inspires you to put this event together?
1: Um, I want to say just not seeing people that look like us on TV and in these positions um i really like reaching out to certain people and asking them to be on my panel and having them freak out like me little me i'm like yes i want you to i think you have you have a, a, a you have a voice you have something that you need to say and i feel like people need to hear you say it so if you um if you go on the scarlet the, the scarletevent.com and you see these these recap videos you see these women who live every single day in the bronx and brooklyn and new york and they have Real things they have to say, and they have regular jobs. Like they just go every day and and work as a nurse or do whatever it is they have to do. But they have things they want to say, you know. And um, I always talk about representation. I always talk about, um, obviously, Afro Latina and everything else. It's just, I feel like Latin America, especially, is still very, very white. And um, this is coming from TV. And I was I was in DR maybe a month ago, and I was the only person with curly hair there. And I was walking when well, no, I actually met my mom. And right. we were the only people that had actual curly hair there. Everyone that lived there had straight hair. Mm. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Mm. I've had curly hair for like two years now because I'm trying to do this curly hair journey, trying to get my curls back. Um, but going there, it's, none of that is over there. I feel like in New York, especially since we have this, I mean, we have Instagram, we have everything else. We have, um, we have people to look, to look up to now. And that's a good thing, you know? In DR, in a lot of these places, they, they really don't have anyone else to to look up to. Mm. So I'm just trying to get that representation out there, you know.
2: And what's been the feedback in the first four years that you've been doing? That?
1: They get better. Um, the very first one was a hot mess. Um, right. I was 21, and I that's I, okay. I was 21. Uh-huh. I, was 21, uh-huh. I okay. touched that's over dope. 500 people. Like it was, it was a hot, hot mess. Um, and it was just messy. And now I know, I know what to, I know what to look forward to. I have um, the... The third show was in the lower east side and I rented out this big um, this big venue that was three floors and it was I had the whole floor. Like all, mm-hmm. every, the whole building. So um, when you walk in it's like a tree in the middle, you keep walking upstairs and when you get to the third floor the tree's still coming up. It's like an mm-hmm. amazing venue. Um, halfway through the show I really didn't have no speakers.
2: Oh no. You need to speak to one of the, the religious the the one that Yes <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, with the, the little one black one rocker. First, you know, <laughs> so I, I learned to up. like
1: roll with the punches, you know. I mean, I had like a, I had a I had salsa performers that I kept delaying and they're like, "Are we going to go on yet? Are we going to go?" I'm like, "Give me like 20 minutes. Give right. me whatever." And I kept like pushing them back, pushing them back. Wow,
3: you can't and delay a salsa performance. No, they
4: were they're, yeah. they're like, "Come on. I, I want, want to stop moving, stop. Yo. I want to dance."
1: They were in their uniform. I felt so so bad. Like they were sitting behind while everyone was was Having dinner and watching the other performers, I kept p- putting people that didn't need mics mm-hmm. ahead of them. Oh. So I have the comedians, I have spoken word artists, and I have all of them. And then they're like, um, you know, I need this song. And I'm like, I know, give me whatever. And I, ended I up, got the fever. I, ended up, <laughs> I like, want to <laughs> <so> secure. <laughs> I ended up having to borrow, like, speakers, like, from my friend that lived two blocks away. And we brought it there in. There you go. So, But now I know, like, there's certain things that I right. need to you find out. I need to, like, ask. No, I, you know. So what do you want to do with this? You're building this, you're cultivating it, you're finessing it event after event. Where do you see this going? I mean, I'm I don't know, I'm kind of torn cuz a, a big part of me wants to keep it in New York. I think it's dope that it's a, a, a you know, Bronx-based event now that I I've, I've had it like four times in the Bronx. Um but I also feel like the rest of the world needs to see this, you know? I have um I have a large amount of followers on Instagram and I constantly have like DMs like you have to bring this to LA, please bring this to Miami, bring this to, you know, Charlotte to Boston to whatever. And I feel like they don't have that there. So I might want to travel for the next one. Yeah, sure. I'm not sure if we're ready for that, but yeah. um I mean it takes me, like, six months to, to make this one in New York, so I can only imagine what it's like to do something when you're not in the actual city and, like, looking for venues and looking for artists. But I think
2: you was inspired enough that you will probably have people that are locals that can assist you in those cities that believe in your vision to do that as well. Yeah, like, so if I, I if I reach out
1: to possible. some, yeah, I mean, I would have to trust someone a lot to do that, yeah. though. It's my baby, you know? No, of yeah. course. Yeah. Well, thank
4: you so much for coming on the Latinos Aloud podcast. Tell everybody where they could find you and more information on the event.
1: Yes. So um, the event is going to be August 12th. It is going to be from 4 to 9 p.m. It's going to be in the Bronx. And um, it's called, it's thescarletevent.com. It's also at thescarletevent on Instagram. And you can find me me at at mp.frias on Instagram. And the same thing, mpfrias.com.
4: Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so so much for you having me guys. Of course, Thank you, girl. Congratulations on thank everything. You. It sounds like you're building something amazing. And I do hope to see
1: you there next week. <laughs> I'm going yeah. to try to get your baby out, way out yet, there. I hope you yeah.
4: <laughs> <But>, have <laughs> we'll we'll see. see. Where's the
1: Dominican
4: cake <laughs> that I heard you guys have? I but better than that, that purple Moves. potato salad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the beats. Boom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: boom. She's gonna
4: show up with her baby. Like is that how I walk, Jamie?
3: What? Damn, Jamie. I make sound effects when
2: I walk, like really like King Kong. I love you too, Jamie.
4: At that point, be like you really
2: close
4: to so that yeah. ass. on that note um okay this is la despedida I can't do this I'm gonna get emotional Uh-oh. so one of you do it because it's like saying goodbye you know we'll be
2: back well let's let the listeners know we have the whole August we have three episodes we have two amazing guests we have the best of the, uh, the game shows and then we go dark a week but uh you want me to start it so then you won't cry yeah i just want to thank all the mm-hmm. listeners our grow our listeners are growing uh throughout the country we put a lot of effort in this we have a great team thank you so much for the live audience we
4: yeah, great- oh, wow. yeah. That's-
2: we started yeah. The- we started this, uh, the season up in washington heights Small studio, and, and here we are now, and uh, it's been amazing.
4: <laughs> went from ashy to classy, the roof. Yeah. macho. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah,
2: I think we have to do the rooftop next year, like <laughs> Back, back, the, back of is gonna a be there but no, for real. Thank you, all the fans, all the listeners that have been hitting us up, um, and I think that's why we do it, and we enjoyed it, and we enjoy all the amazing guests that have inspired us and the listeners. And uh, Rachel, uh, what? good luck. Thank you so much. I can't You're wait welcome. to see you back in September. And wait, we're not gonna see each other till September. You're not gonna come see me when <laughs> my I'm, kid I'm is born. I'm in L. A. the whole month. You're my best so, friend. Like what the fuck? Well, no, I'm gonna probably go the fourth day after. Okay. Like a good, you know. Okay. Of days there. Okay. But I meant here in this space. Ah,
4: okay, okay, okay. Thank you to Carlos. Thank you to everybody who, the support staff, everybody, Brian's and Eddie and Rosie and Yanni. Why does everybody have an E at the end of their name? Um, <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody, the repeat, you know, people coming to check us. Tibby, another E. What's going on here? Frank?
3: Yeah. Frankie. 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 I your <laughs> Jamie. 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 Mikey.
2: Mikey.
4: Talk about growth for a sec. When we started this season, we were at one point, right? And now 31 episodes later, we're a fucking machine, goddammit. Like, we come in here week after week ready to work. And I think I had to add the clap. Um, I think that that is a true testament of how passionate we are about this project and what happens when you put in the work. You know, Maria Hinojosa, an Emmy Award winner, Peabody, Edward R. Like, she was here tonight. Yeah. And all the White Man Awards,
3: she said. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> but, um,
2: Jamie coming in with bronchitis. He's working hard. He came here. Yeah, you should probably disinfect
3: sick. this mic that I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah.
4: But I think what we're building here, guys, is something so special. And thank you to all the listeners who have been listening and leaving reviews and hitting us up on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. Please keep it coming because we're not done. We're just going to have our fourth season. Like, that's crazy. I can't believe we're having... No, I'm not going to fucking cry, Mike. Um, But maybe later. Uh, I just can't believe we're four seasons in. It means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, this this is real. We are trying to build something here for the underrepresented and underserved Latino voices across this country. And we feel like we're doing something minor when we come here because we make each other laugh and we just talk shit. We recap our week. But I really think that, you know, removing yourself from the situation, we're doing something tremendous. We're representing so many voices that they themselves want to be heard. And when they look at us or hear us, it's a mirror. We are the future. We are what this podcast sphere needs. And uh, we're going to keep rocking.
3: We are it. They're All right. Woo.
4: And on that note, we out.
0: Total Wine and More now offers
3: curbside pickup and same day delivery in Northern Virginia. Have great finds at great prices delivered right to your car or to your door. It's easy to discover the more ways Total Wine and More has you covered at TotalWine.com.
6: Oye, (laughs) mijo, que show es ese que están escuchando.
3: Tremenda
6: vaina.